Hey, everybody, and welcome to Learning from Smart People. I am your host, Rob Oliver, and my guest today is Nellie Yusupova. She is a CTO, which I had to look up because I'm like, I've heard of a CEO, I've heard of a COO, I've heard of a CFO, I've never heard of a CTO, but she that makes her the chief technical officer, I believe. Um, she's got 18 years of experience leading companies to technical excellence. She is a startup tech advisor. She uh, is an outsourced CTO and the creator of TechSpeak for Entrepreneurs. She is on a mission to help entrepreneurs minimize technology mistakes. And through her online masterclass, TechSpeak for Entrepreneurs, she provides the roadmap to successfully manage technology teams and projects. She has been called a woman on the IT fast track by the Wall Street Journal. And Fast Company described her in the League of Extraordinary Women. Nellie, with all those accolades, welcome to the show. Thank you for that amazing introduction, <laughs> Rob. Oh, absolutely. So a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs are we're enamored by technology, but we're scared of technology. And a lot of entrepreneurs, I would say, are operating on a limited budget where we're doing things by ourselves. And as such, um, there is a learning curve and it's intimidating and you make a lot of mistakes. Here's where you're coming in and you're saying, listen, you have a lot of the answers and you're able to kind of take the learning curve out of what we're doing. Is that right? Absolutely. Um, I think technology is so powerful in shaping and changing people's lives and making them more efficient. So, of course, if you misuse technology, they can have the opposite effect because look at us with our phones constantly connected to the internet. So it's important to control technology and use it intentionally. Uh, but I think if you do that, you can really make a huge shift in becoming much more productive. And um, I think technology is not a replacement for process, right? So if you want to be efficient and effective and getting stuff done, you have to have a process for doing that. But then there's technology tools that will help you track your progress and help you become more efficient. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's an old saying that says to err is human, but to really mess things up, you need to use a computer. Um, but I was, I'm thinking about this as well. How many times we have technology and somebody will do something. My kids will do something with their phone and I'm like, wait a minute, I, what is that? How did you do that? And you have this thing and, and it, you don't know how to fully use it to its fullest capabilities. And I'm assuming that, again, that's the same thing that you're experiencing with the folks you're working with. Well, I, so in order to get good at technology, and the reason why kids are so good at it is because they experiment. They discover a lot of these things by accident. And they, then like once they discover it, it becomes common knowledge, right? And so kids are naturally curious about it. They don't have a fear of it. And oftentimes, you, I mean, you nailed it on the head. The reason why people don't adopt it is because they have a fear of the black box. And once you dispel some of that, you know, obviously... Um, get over the fear and say, hey, I'm just going to do it because I can't really, you can't really break something. <laughs> it's, it's inside your head. Right. Uh, once you realize that and you are willing to experiment, that's when you start to learn. And the, the beautiful thing about technology is that once you build a base and a foundation, learning 
in itself becomes easier because you start to have, you start to, your brain starts to see patterns in learning. And so um, a lot of the people that I work with are actually on the other end. Are the, these are the people who are creating technology, right? I'm always of um, the belief that a lot of people should be using technology, but if you can get on the other end and spot a problem that you can actually help someone with using technology and make them more efficient, there's a lot more opportunity there from a business perspective. That is such a great concept in which you're flipping the script. It's not, it's not about using the tools that are there to help yourself. It's about creating a tool that's there to help other people. It's amazing. Congratulations on seeing that as a, as an understanding. Let me, before we move on from this, a lot of a lot of what people fear about technology is technology makes people feel stupid because it, you there's a language about technology that there, there's lingo that gets used there's you know people talk about it and you don't understand necessarily what is being talked about or you know just is there i think that this is also in your purview about helping people to speak the language or at least to understand the language is that right yeah, well, I, I'll challenge you a little bit about your first statement. And I don't think it's technology makes you feel stupid. I think it's not knowing makes you feel stupid. Because if you think about it, if you want to go and speak about medicine, and you know nothing about medicine, you'll feel stupid <laughs> speaking medicine, right? right? And it's it's like that about everything in finances and sales. If you don't know something about something, then you'll feel stupid about it. And so I'm so passionate about teaching people how to understand technology, the language that goes behind it, and how technical people, uh, you know, once you understand that language, they start to use the lingo that is becoming like almost like a separate language, essentially, right? New words, new vocabulary. And once you learn that, you can start to have that conversation. And it's seamless, just like you and I talking. Uh, But if you don't know the terms, you don't know uh, the terminology and what they mean, then of course it's going to seem intimidating to you because you're. It's like you having a one-sided conversation, and everything they tell you is is a foreign language, which I'm very familiar with because I didn't speak a word of English when I came to this country, so I know what it feels like. Sure. What? No. And your point is very well made. That it's it's not the it's not necessarily the technology in itself. It's the lack of understanding and 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 in that way people are faced with their own lack of knowledge and they themselves, that's what makes them feel stupid. It makes but you can, but the, the empowering thing about that is that you can actually do something about it. You can, you can choose to every single day, learn a new thing about technology or whatever it is that's lacking the knowledge gap that you have. And just like if you want to build up your vocabulary every day, if you make a commitment to learning a new word every day and using it in a sentence, it's the same thing with anything that you want to learn. And it's just making that commitment and saying, hey, you know what? I'm not going to just say I'm not good at technology, which is basically shuts your your brain down into even being open to learning right. and saying, I'm going to make the effort to, to doing that. And here are the steps that I'm going to take every day to make myself more knowledgeable. Makes sense. I, listen, I have a, I have a friend who was 
he always read Reader's Digest, and Reader's Digest had a little thing in there that was, it pays to enrich your word power. And they sent you like, I don't know, 15 words, and it was, you know, do you know what these words mean? And then it had the definition of, well, he, he read that every single month. And then he would take those 15 words and he would add them into his vocabulary. And so if you talk to him anytime in, in the next month, you would hear the words that you had read in the magazine. They would be part of his vocabulary and it just kind of was fun to do, but it's what you're talking about. It's educating yourself. And it's when you're talking about, this makes sense to me at least that you are, everyone is teachable. Everyone can learn. And so to say, I'm not good at technology is to limit yourself Whereas to say, this is something that I don't understand and I'm going to increase my knowledge about, that makes all the difference. I, just to me, I really see kind of technology has taken a boom during COVID. Like it has taken off because yes, we were using computers before we were doing, but now it seems like everything has gone virtual and everything has really become dependent on our computers and on our ability to, to connect from a technological perspective. What are your thoughts on how things have developed since COVID kind of forced us to do this? Yeah, I think COVID accelerated the adoption of technology by at least five years. So the people who were not used to working remotely uh, are now doing it. The people who are not used to using certain technologies because now they have to connect remotely to their patients or their clients or whatever it may be, they now have to use technology in order to do their job. And um, I think because of that, there's there's a huge shift in how you know the post-pandemic life is going to look like because a lot of people realized, hey, this is not as bad as I thought, right? And we're talking about learning curves, right? COVID actually helped us make the leap because we had no choice, right? Right, and so people. Once you have no choice, if you, and this is really great in business or personal life, if you make yourself not have a choice on, on failing or moving forward, and that this is the only path, then you have to figure out a way to make it work. Right. Right. And so COVID did that for us. It was a huge reset year for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, just making themselves more efficient more capable, like forcing them out of their comfort zone and uh, connecting to people on a whole different level. Yeah. And so I, I absolutely agree uh, that it's going to completely shift the way we think about technology, the way we interact with it, the way we um, accept it as part of our everyday life. Yeah, it's when we go through difficult experiences, they force us to grow. You, you have that exactly what you were saying when failure is not an option uh, it's kind of you either adapt or you die and that's kind of, i mean it's maybe a little bit harsh but it's that's but it's kind true. of yeah that, it's true yeah and, and i think every company from a from a business perspective every company who won't be able to adopt in this time in the next year or so they will they will not exist in the next two years right so every every company no matter what business you're in, whether you're a yoga studio or a, you know, a mom and pop shop, uh, you have to be able to use technology, leverage it, 
connect with your people, with your uh, customers on a whole different level now. And if you are, if you fail to do that, then you won't be able to make enough revenue to exist. I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. Yeah. So I want to go back to something that you said earlier. You, you talked about instead of, instead of always being a user of an app, to actually make an app or to develop an app. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? Cause that's, it's a great idea. Yeah. Um, I think that software businesses have so much opportunity for people and because they're so scalable, right? So if you think about the nine to five jobs that you have uh, where you are trading hours for money, uh, there's a limiting amount of hours that you can work. So we have 24 hours in the day, and maybe eight of them we're working, and maybe five of them we're actually working, right? Because <laughs> you can't actually work for eight hours straight, right? And so there's a limited number of hours that you have in a day, and you can't unfortunately make more hours in a day. And with software businesses, you create a product. Hopefully, you create a service, software as a service, where you can uh, charge for your service on a monthly basis. That's called the software as a service or SaaS product. And if you have a solution like that, technology or your web browser or your mobile app is the delivery mechanism of the service, basically, if you break it down that way. And if you are able to do that, you're able to scale yourself, your service, your 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 expertise, whatever it is that solution that you are uh, creating for then you are able to make money while you sleep right you you know as long as you create a structure around the company you don't need to you're not limited to the number of hours in a day and you can scale a lot more that way are you finding that there are certain things that really fit well in creating them as a software um as a software service or um, are there certain things that people are like, well, I'll, you know, I just hear people and you're like, yeah, I should create an app. And I'm like, what are you going to create an app for? Well, it's going to, and you know, their, their ideas just don't seem appable yeah. if that makes any sense. So the number one thing to think about, if you want to get into this space is really identifying a painkiller problem. And, you know, if you think about the vitamin versus painkiller, if you have a vitamin, a nice to have problem, you're going to have a hard time people using your product, paying you for it, etc. But if you have a painkiller problem, something that you can identify that solves a pain for somebody, then you're going to have a lot easier time to convince people to use your product. And because you're solving a, a problem for them, they'll be willing to pay you money for it. And so before creating a product, what I teach is find the market and then build a solution. Don't build the solution and then find the market. Mm. Okay. And the, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples because what I, the way that I think of it is not traditionally tech types of businesses. What I am talking about is types of problems that Silicon Valley is not interested in solving. Okay. So for example, um, these are people who all went through my program, who are completely non-technical and I'm going to specifically give you non-technical industries so that you can s visualize what I'm talking about. So the first example is a woman who is a yoga instructor. She um, had her yoga studio and was basically tired of trading hours for money. 
and um, created an app to allow parents and children to do yoga together. And so as soon as she launched her app, she instantly became a global business, right? She added a new revenue stream to her existing business and was able to scale that way. Another example is um, a wedding flower shop owner. And she, you know, did weddings and dealt a lot with brides and consistently heard this problem from brides that they had a huge issue around um, scheduling and working with all of the vendors when they were planning their weddings. And so she created almost like a, a CRM type solution to allow brides to connect to the vendors and manage their entire process there. Cool. You know, so it's, it's extending the services that you already have to, um, to doing something good, to helping you scale. And another example I'll show you, uh, I'll share with you is a real estate person again, just a regular guy who saw a lot of inefficiencies that real estate people were going through. And instead of uh, just accepting that, he very quickly created a prototype of what he thought the solution would be, the software solution would be, showed it to a potential customer. And they, I mean, he really hit it on the nail and found such a big pain point that they were able to prepay him. He was able to pre-sell his solution. And then he came to my program to learn how to work with the developers to actually build it. But that's like, that's what happens when you find a pain point, you go to uh, a customer that actually needs that. And they were looking for that problem. Then, uh, you know, it completely changes the game. So these examples, I like to use them because they they show you that it's traditionally not the, the software company. It's not Facebook. It's not some social network that we're talking about. It's everyday people solving everyday problems that, if you have any domain expertise, if you have any kind of service that you can automate, uh, whether to make yourself more efficient or someone else more efficient, that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. Yeah, it's so very cool. And yet one of the other things that kind of is intimidating about technology is a lot of times it's expensive. It, how, is this, is this a, an expensive undertaking? It is an expensive undertaking, but if you know how to do it, just like we talked about, like having a roadmap, the step-by-step, if you understand the process, if you understand the language that uh, of like the tech people that you're going to be working with, if you can manage them properly, that's when you can have a lot of success with it. I mean, I got into this space um, working with non-technical entrepreneurs after hearing a lot of horror stories where they try to do this. Most people think have an idea and they say, oh, you know what? I need to find a developer to do it. And in my 10-step process, writing code is step number eight. But there means there are seven steps that you can do without, without getting a development shop involved. And by the time you get to, to actual coding, You've already refined the idea. You've already understand. You already have the market that you're working with um, and know exactly what the marketing message should be. And then you plan a very small version of it. So what I call the MVP, minimal viable product that you're going to actually launch. Most people want to build the entire thing. And I say, well, no, launch the smallest thing that you can have so that you can get customers in right away. That way you can start to make money 
as you are improving your product. And so there's a whole process that, you know, it's called the lean way of building products that is very different than the traditional way of like the classic way of people thinking like, oh, I have an idea. Let me find a development shop to build it. And, you know, that's where people waste a lot of time and money because they just don't know. Like if you don't know something, it's like going to a mechanic without knowing anything about cars. You believe everything they'll tell you. Right. And the same thing happens with development shops or anyone else for that matter, right? It's just true. If you don't know something, you don't know what you don't know. And you tend to believe what everyone is telling you. Right. And so I am. I got into this space to teach non-technical entrepreneurs what their options are so that, that if they want to get into the space, that they can actually control the costs and do it efficiently. Okay. To me... It sounds like the exact opposite concept of the field of dreams. The field of dreams was like build it and they will come. What no. you're talking about is sell it and then build it or or find yes. out find out what the problem is and then create the solution to to answer that. And it, it in shifting that whole paradigm, it makes a whole lot of sense. And it it actually then and, and the one other thing I want to highlight that you said is you don't have to build the entire thing. It starts off with solving this, solving one specific problem and then kind of branching out from there as you build. Absolutely. Absolutely. That way, I mean, as, as you have a product in the market, your minimal viable product, you have a roadmap of those other things that you think you need to build. But when you have customers using your product, you can get direct feedback from them of how are you solving them? And so you can actually change that roadmap and those things that you thought you might need, maybe you don't need to build them completely, right? Because you're shifting and you're working with your customers and adjusting on the fly almost. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it allows you to build a product that uh, people actually want and need. Sure. What, okay, so um, I'm a doctor that I used to go to. He um, He's since retired, and but he explained to me that... Um, he learned that if you listen to your patient long enough, they will tell you what is wrong. And if you listen a little bit longer than that, they'll tell you how to fix it. So um, I'm hearing the same thing kind of apply here with when you, the first thing is you've got to have customers. And then if you listen to your customers long enough, they will tell you what their pain points are. And I'm assuming that if you listen a little bit more, they will tell you, I wish I had something that did this. And then when they tell you, they tell you what this is, then it's your next step to say, okay, I'm going to develop the thing that does this. And it solves that problem. What a great yes idea. Yes and no. Okay. So yes and no. So you have to be really careful about asking customers. So you have to listen. So you were right about listening. Okay. But you need to understand why they're saying what they're saying, because uh, there's a famous quote uh, from Henry Ford that said, uh, if I asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Because most often on uh, people, they don't know what they need. Okay. What they know is what their problem is, right? And it's up to the entrepreneur to come up with an innovative solution. And so sometimes people say, well, I, I, I need this. Like, this. like this feature functionality should work like this. 
And so your job as the product person is to find out why are they saying that? Because oftentimes there's a much better way of solving that problem than what it is that they're telling you how to solve the problem. Okay. It makes, makes good sense. One of the other areas that I'm thinking about, you, you have the process of developing the app and everything, but um, I'm thinking about the actual costs of like server space and what I don't, I don't know. See, now I, I feel dumb because I don't know the answer. Like what about the actual costs of, um, you know, having an app and housing it and putting it out there and all of those things it, where do we stand on that? Well, the reason why a lot of these, um, services and like why it's so easy nowadays to build an app is because technology has come down in terms of uh the how how expensive it is to build something in the early days like in the 20s when the internet not in 20 years ago um when we were building tools and technologies we had to custom code and build everything we had to buy an entire server farm in order to house our products Nowadays, you just open up an account on Amazon Web Services and you can get started in seconds and you only pay for what you use, right? So if you don't have a lot of customers, you don't have, to, you don't have a very high bill. Uh, the same thing goes for other tools to actually be able to build the technology. So instead of custom coding everything, which is what your development shop will tell you, what I teach is there are third-party tools and services that you can just connect to each other And there's your product, right? So you don't have to build everything from the ground up. There are so many tools and technologies and there's a whole no code movement that, uh, you know, developed over the last few years that all of these, once you understand what your options are, you can actually develop what it is that you need to do, the the concept, the minimal viable product um, and refine it over time with these inexpensive tools. And so 2021 and like beyond is going to get even easier and cheaper to develop these tools. And so if you jump on this um, bandwagon, if I want to say now, and you have an idea, you don't, you, you definitely are not going to spend as much as it would be 10 years ago, right. especially if you have this mindset of uh, the lean way of building products, because you're not custom coding a lot of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think about it, and you say 20 years ago. 20 years ago, when they were developing websites, they were writing it in HTML. There was no, you know, what you see is what you get. It was all hard-coded. And then, um, and now you have WordPress, and every, you can with WordPress, you can throw a site together in a half an hour and throw it up, and, like, done. Um, your, so- product, your, your product could be housed on WordPress. Sure. It could be created with Webflow. It could be created, like if you have a, an idea for a store, you know, maybe you don't need to build it from scratch. Maybe you can just go on an app called Shopify. And uh, so if your product has all of these different types of things married together. Uh, so for example, I was talking to someone the other day and they were building and had a chat component in their software and their developers spend months building the chat from scratch. And, you know, she just didn't know that there was a a third party chat tool that she could just use and connect to her, her app. 
Right. And she didn't have to maintain it. She didn't have to do anything. She just had to pay a, a, a service fee, right? This was another software as a service company that already solved that problem sure. that allows you to just take that entire solution and plug it into your application. So you don't have to build a chat uh, system into your, into your app. And so there's a lot of cost savings to that because you don't have to maintain it. You don't have to build it. You don't have to hire developers to do it. And like, there's so many things like that that can cut your development costs um, and get you to market pretty quickly. Wow. That, fantastic. Listen, Nelly, you have been a fountain of information and you've given us a lot of content to think about. If people are looking to get a hold of you, um, where can they where can they catch you? So I'm Digital Woman everywhere. So if you uh, Google my name or just Google Digital Woman on all social platforms, digitalwoman.com is my website. And if you're interested in getting to know more about these concepts, I have uh, free webinars that I host every Wednesday. You can go to techspeakforentrepreneurs.com and uh, you'll see free classes in the navigation bar and just click on that and uh, register for a webinar. And hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantastic. I will put all of those links down in the show notes so people can catch, you know, find you on social media, find your website. And hey, hopefully they can catch one of your classes and it'll be something that helps them to in their path to develop an app and to create something that is going to be beneficial for their business. Nelly, thank you. Uh, we have come to the time. It is time for three questions to establish your humanity. Are you ready for these? Absolutely. <laughs> if you had a warning label, what would the warning label for Nelly Yusupova say? <laughs> she smiles a lot. <laughs> you know what? That is not a bad problem to have. <laughs> Some people, hey, you know what? Some people uh, don't like happy people, so... <laughs> If you could sing along with any musical group from past, present, from wherever, what musical group would you like to be on stage with to sing with? Uh, probably the Beatles. I love the Beatles. Very cool. Uh, last question. If you are going, if you're going out to eat, what is your favorite restaurant and, and what's your go-to dish? So I don't go out to eat a lot. I live in New York City. But I love pizza and I try pizza everywhere in New York City. The best pizza in on the planet is Delizia's Pizza on 73rd Street and 1st Avenue. So if you're ever in New York City, go try that place. Okay, so what do you get on your pizza? Uh, it's just plain cheese pizza. They have the best sauce and the best cheese. So that makes all the difference. Fantastic. Nelly, thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate you being on today, and this has been very, very educational. You've been wonderful. To all my listeners, I'll say thanks for spending some time with us, and I will remind you that when you stop learning, you stop living. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs>